When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And a very pleasant good morning, everybody. It's always good to be back with you. This is the Marlins Rewind. And last night at Lone Depot Park, the Marlins were shooting for a series victory in the middle game of a three-game weekend tilt against the visiting Seattle Mariners. Miami checked in 11-8. The Mariners at 11-9. Jesus Lazardo versus Robbie Ray with the recap. As always, here's Glenn Geffner. Well, you can get used to this, couldn't you? Marlins win again tonight, seven in a row. 11 and 4 over their last 15 games. They have won back to back games from Seattle to begin this three game series here at Lone Depot Park. Tonight's final score Miami 3 and the Mariners 1. Jesus Luzardo matched up with Robbie Ray. Luzardo off to a really nice start here in 2022. Robbie Ray signing the big free agent contract to join the Mariners this season after winning the Cy Young Award with the Blue Jays last year. And Ray was rolling early on in this ball game, struck out. Five of the first six batters he faced. He had six Ks and had allowed only two base runners, a hit and a walk to both to Jesus Aguilar through the first four innings. And in the third, the Mariners finally broke through against Jesus Luzardo. Luzardo had struck out the side in the second, but leading off the third for Seattle, the number nine man, right fielder Dylan Moore. 3-2 pitch is blasted to left field. Going back Solaire. He's at the wall, and Dylan Moore's hit it out to make it 1-0 Seattle. His first of the season. And that one-run lead seemed uh, like more than a one-run lead. The way Ray was rolling along through the first four in this game. He made it through four innings on 51 pitches, throwing 35 strikes. So he's averaging just under 13 pitches per inning. But things came apart in a hurry for Ray in inning number five. It began with a Brian Anderson double. Miguel Rojas then a fly ball to right for the first out. But Anderson moved up 90 feet to third base. So with a man at third and one down, Brian De La Cruz had a chance to even the ball game. On 1-1, De La Cruz ground ball sharply hit. Off the glove of the shortstop. Out into left field to tie the game. Anderson scores. De La Cruz an RBI single. And it's 1-1 in the fifth. Well, catcher Peyton Henry then worked a walk, putting men at first and second. Back to the top of the order. And John Birdie getting the start at second base for Jazz Chisholm tonight. The 0-1 to Birdie is lined in right center field. Sinking quickly and down for a base hit. De La Cruz held at third. He's going to run through the stop sign and he's going to score. Al Padrique threw up the stop sign. De La Cruz never looked, never thought about slowing down. And he gives the Marlins a 2-1 lead. And they weren't done. Jesus Aguilar would strike out. But when Jorge Soler walked, the bases were loaded. Ray suddenly had lost command of the strike zone, and he fell behind the count facing Garrett Cooper. The 3-1 to Cooper is high ball four. Ray's walked in a run, and it's 3-1 Marlins. Marlins would send nine men to the plate in that fifth inning. Ray, who had thrown 51 pitches in the first four innings combined, needed 36 to get out of the fifth. And that would be the end of the night for him. Five innings, four hits, three runs. He walked four, struck out eight, 87 pitches, 54 strikes. Meanwhile, for Miami, Jesus Luzardo with a 1-2-3 sixth inning after the Marlins had scored those three in the fifth. 
Luzardo, his longest outing of the year. He's got five innings twice, gets through six here tonight, limiting the Mariners to just one run on two hits. He walked two, struck out five, allowed the Dylan Moore home run leading off the third. That was it for Luzardo, 91 pitches, 59 strikes. So with a 3-1 lead, the Marlins handed this game into the bullpen. Anthony Bass has become very reliable in the seventh inning. He struck out Eugenio Suarez for the first out. J.P. Crawford then singled, bringing the tying man to the plate. But Luis Torrens, who knocked in four runs last night, struck out for the second out. And pinch hitter Adam Frazier batting for the catcher. Tom Murphy bounced to second, ending the seventh inning. Still 3-1 Miami. Cole Solcer got the eighth. He walked the leadoff man, Julio Rodriguez. Not a great way to start the inning. Man on, nobody out for pinch hitter Tyler Kelnick. Kelnick, dangerous hitter, bounce one back to the pitcher. Solcer to second. One, Miggy to first for two. One, six, three on the double play to slow the Mariners' roll here in the eighth. And when Abraham Toro lifted a fly ball to center, Solcer had hung a zero in the eighth inning, and the Marlins were three outs away from their seventh consecutive victory. Now, we asked the question in the bottom of the eighth, who would get the ninth in a tight game because we saw Anthony Bender last night. We had seen him in three of the previous four games. We wondered if maybe Donnie would shy away from using him for a second straight game and for a fourth time in five days, but he didn't. Bender got the ninth. He got the first out. Ty France and a ground ball to third. France grounded to Brian Anderson all four times in this game and one of the hottest hitters in baseball coming into this series. France one for nine in the first two games against Miami with a harmless two-out single in the fifth inning last night. So one out for Bender when Jesse Winker singled the left. But when Eugenio Suarez struck out, the Marlins were just now away from winning this ball game. The Mariners, though, would not go down without a fight. J.P. Crawford is single. That sent Winker to third base. So suddenly you had runners at first and third. The tying men were on. The potential go-ahead man at the plate, two outs in the ninth inning. Marlins three, Mariners one. Anthony Bender facing Luis Torrens. Tying men on, two down, ninth inning. Bender, the 0-2 to Torrens. Got him swinging! It's a lucky seven for the Marlins. They beat the Mariners 3-1 tonight on the strength of a three-run fifth inning. Jesus Luzardo, another great start. The Marlins beat the reigning AL Cy Young Award winner, Robbie Ray. A good night all around at Lone Depot Park, Kelly. In front of 29,000-plus, the Marlins over the Mariners. 3-1 to one tonight for Miami. It's a seven-game winning streak for the first time in six years, April 24th through April 30th, 2016. The last time the Marlins have won seven in a row. In that streak, they won one in San Francisco, four in a row at Dodger Stadium, and then two in Milwaukee. They have had two eight-game winning streaks and five nine-game winning streaks. That's the longest in club history nine in a row 1996 2004 twice in 2006 and again in 2008 so the Marlins still have some work to do to get there but uh, you can't win nine in a row until you've won seven in a row and the Marlins have done that their seven consecutive wins match the longest winning streak in Major League Baseball this year at least for the moment the Yankees have an active seven game winning streak they're playing Kansas City tonight we'll check on them coming up the Twins had a seven-game winning streak snapped last night at Tampa Bay. The Dodgers won seven in a row earlier this year. The Angels looking for a seventh straight win tonight. Like Miami, they started the day having won six straight. Marlins have taken care of business 
We'll check in on the Angels in a little bit as well. But the Marlins, at least for the moment, have equaled the longest winning streak in all of Major League Baseball in the first month of this 2022 season. The Marlins finished the month of April with a 12-8 record, a 600 winning percentage. This matches the fifth best winning percentage in the season's opening month in club history. In 2004, the Marlins went 15-8 in April, a 652 winning percentage. In 2011, they started 16-9 in the first month, a 640 winning percentage. They went 14-8, good for a 636 winning percentage in both 2005 and in 2009. And we mentioned they got a 600 winning percentage, 12-8 this month. They also posted a 600 April winning percentage in 1997 when they went 15-10. And And we know that 97 season had a very happy ending. One that the Marlins are going to be celebrating here at Lone Depot Park during a three-game weekend series with the Brewers coming up May 13th, 14th, and 15th. Of course, that 97 Marlins club won the franchise's first of two World Series championships. So the final tonight, Miami 3 and Seattle won for the Marlins. Three runs, six hits, no errors, seven left for the Mariners. One run, five hits, no errors. They left five men on. Luzardo, the winning pitcher, two and one. Jesus, six innings, two hits, one run, two walks, five strikeouts. A lot of homer, 91 pitches, 59 strikes. Robbie Ray, the loser, falls to two and two. Anthony Bender, a shutout ninth, pitched around a couple of hits for save number six and seven tries. Time of the ballgame, 2 hours, 46 minutes in front of 29,010 on a Saturday night here at Lone Depot Park. The Marlins are 12-8, four games over 500. They improved to 6-3 at home. The Mariners, meanwhile, have lost four straight after winning seven of their previous eight. They're now just 11-10 on the year and 4-8 and away from T-Mobile Park. The Marlins go for a series sweep, which would be their second in a row if they could get it, at 140 tomorrow. Sandy Alcantara to the hill for Miami, 2-0, 1.780 RA. And for the Mariners, their best so far here in 2022, second-year right-hander Logan Gilbert, their number one pick back in 2018. He is 3-0 so far this season with a 0.40 ERA. It's best in the American League and second only the Marlins' Pablo Lopez in all of Major League Baseball. Marlins pitchers tonight rang up nine strikeouts. We talk about it every night. The Marlins and AutoNation working again here in 2022 to help strike out cancer in our community. Every time a Marlins pitcher strikes out an opponent this season, the Marlins are going to contribute $25 to AutoNation's Drive Pink Initiative. Nine Ks tonight, 225 additional dollars for the season. Now 174 strikeouts by the Marlins pitching staff. That's good for $4,350 to AutoNation's Drive Pink Initiative. Marlins beat the Mariners. Don't look now. Miami 12-8. and eight. They are just knocking out series. An opportunity to sweep these Mariners this afternoon. Let's hear from Marlins manager Don Mattingly after the ball game. Yeah, there is one second. Donnie, drawing walks was really key to breaking through in that fifth inning. What did you think of the plate discipline overall, especially using that to make Robbie Ray really have to work? Yeah, Robbie had good stuff. I mean, both left-handers had good breaking ball today. It was getting underneath barrels. Um, and it seemed like that second time we started to have a few more good at-bats where guys were putting the ball in play. Uh, Coop hit a ball to center, I think, and some guys you could just see they were seeing the ball a little better off of him. Um, yeah, and then that inning we were able to lay off some stuff and and kind of you know seem like to wear him down a little bit. Mel always talks about the importance with any starter. 
about threatened first pitch strikes. A lot of those tonight for Jesus Lazardo, and really just especially throwing that breaking ball for strikes as well. How much do you feel like that really contributed to Jesus's success tonight? No, I mean, numbers show you get ahead in the count, you put yourself in a lot better spot as a pitcher. And, you know, Jesus has got really good stuff. And you know, I think it's been the key for him, it seems like, all year long is he's really been able to get himself in good counts uh, for the most part. Um, you know, he's a dude that gets going fast, and he's, he's slowing himself down enough to be able to stay under control out there and, and, and really just make him hit pitches, right, and not, not give him free passes, make him earn their way. And his stuff's good enough that it's hard to, hard to do a whole lot with him uh, if he's getting ahead in the count and, and using all his pitches. Uh, I think it was only five swings and misses for him to be able to uh, focus more on the location and be able to get out to that way instead of you know, the breaking ball has been a lot of swing and misses for the hitters against Lazardo. For him to be able to have the success without the whips today and be able to show that side of his game. Yeah, I mean, we don't really – I mean, I know we don't at this – at yeah. down here at the peon level of we worry about outs more than you know the swing and misses and all the analytics part of it uh again i think him getting ahead in the count uh they got a club over that hits the fastball um and you got you get they're gonna and they're gonna put it you know for the most part that you know i know they work on getting in the strike zone so yeah, i think he's he's used today just again back to getting ahead in the count using all his pitches puts everybody in a bind with that kind of stuff Going back to the blocks for for your guys as batters, just I think fifth most in the majors. What do you sort of see as some of the reasons for being able to, you know, work against counts and just get free passes? Yeah, I'm not sure we're trying to work counts necessarily. Just have game plans, and I think Marcus and and Gonzo did a nice job of like just pushing the fact that you got you walk up with a plan, you try to stick with it, you know. And again, I think the game plan, you know, leads to Having quality of bats, quality of bats means less chase. You know, things like that, you're getting better counts, and, and you stay with your plan even during those periods when you get ahead in the count. You don't just start start swinging. So, um, yeah, our, our guys have been, you know, steadily working on, you know, making sure we have a good game plan when we walk up there. The cut stealing uh, in the fifth, I think, was Dylan Moore. How critical did that end up being, especially to get Lazardo out of that inning and, and maybe keep that pitch count uh, to where he could come back out for the sixth? Yeah, that was a nice nice out, and then he had a nice, you know, pretty clean, I think, a clean inning the next inning. Uh, so it did keep his pitch count in an area that we, and we felt like we were in a decent spot. I mean, we were at the top of their order, but it's, it's a, a good spot for a lefty uh, right through there. And so he was in a good spot. He was still throwing the ball good. He didn't really, his stuff didn't really drop off as long as he doesn't get too excited. Uh, so, yeah, I think the, the caught steal on really did, did keep his pitch count down uh, and allowed him to go out for the sixth. Bender, uh, after his up and down start the first couple times, a few times he's out there in the ninth, the four straight saves out there for him since he came back from the hip. Are you seeing him start to settle in, especially in that role? Well, I don't know if that's the role. We've, no, we've, we've no, closed we've, games no, with different he, guys. Yeah. But I, I do think that, um, you know, Anthony's slowing down too. He's a little bit like Zeus. He's he's full bore when he's out there. It's it's all go. Um, but you see him being more precise with his breaking ball, not just slinging it and leaving it in the middle of the plate. When he's got two strikes, he's trying to, you know, it looks like he's being more precise. I think Jacob does a good job with him of pushing him to different parts of the zone. Uh, and using his pitches, but not just 
throwing, more like you got to get to certain areas on certain guys. Okay, what did you think of sorry, Christina? What did you think of um, you know Brian Dale Cruz ends up scoring the go-ahead run on the RBI single by Birdie? Uh, what did you think of, of Brian's read on that ball because he was not slowing down at third base? No, I think Al was holding him. It looked like <laughs> so. You know, it happens at times. The guys you just get going. So I don't know if it's his read or just wasn't stopping really. Um, but you know, with you know, I understand Al's thinking right there is you got you know Aggie you know coming up and you feel like you're in a good spot there. But it worked out for us. Yeah, just in regards to Del Cruz, Birdie, obviously it's so much talk. You know, the last few weeks, oh, against lefties or righties or who's playing, just. Is playing out right now as you envision, you know, the amount of playing time you're getting, seeing them being able to contribute when they're getting those opportunities? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what we, we were able to do the other day against Corbin. I really don't plan on, like, you know, talking to Jesus and, and Jazz. You know, I really don't plan on sitting those guys like that and playing nine righties against every every lefty. Um, I thought I thought it worked. We thought it worked out good today just because of the right, left, right, and the day game tomorrow. And... And the whole whole scheme of this thing, and, and we're in a kind of a little stretch where it's 16 in a row. So we want to be able to take care of guys. Uh, we were able to give Jorge uh, a DH day, you know, the other day. We'll we'll talk about what we want to do tomorrow. But uh, yeah, the, they're all we're all it's all you know. Guys know that everybody's in the mix, right? You know, Bert's contributing when he plays. Dela's been contributing when he's out there in different roles from. Sometimes he's playing center. Uh, other times he's coming in playing defense. So, I mean, everybody's got a role on our club. And, and I think that's – it's always better for, like, me uh, and our staff is when guys fit, like the pieces fit. So then everybody has something that we expect from them and they know it over time and, and they're all part of it. So then nobody's just kind of left out in the, where the pieces don't fit. Al doing okay after the foul ball from Maggie? Yeah, I told Al that the, if that would hit one of our players, they'd have been down for 10 minutes. Al got right straight up. <laughs> hey, Doug, I don't know how much more motivation the guys need, but you've got seven in a row, and how much more juice does it give you when there's 29,000 people in the ballpark? No, no question. It's, it's good to see people here and, and noise, and, and UM is always a big night here. Uh, and it's so, again, it's, it's good to see uh, – see a lot of people here and especially in the build to put a win up uh, I think you know we had an opening day where we had a really good crowd and, and, the, and the guys played well there's no doubt that guys like playing in front of people right you want it you want crowds and you want energy and it, it just changes the dynamic of this building when there's people here playing in front of a large crowd like the, you know you guys did today does that you think that gives your players a little bit extra juice a little bit extra something that you know, sometimes they might not have, you know, playing in front of a large crowd like they did today? No, like I said, guys, they like performing and they like doing stuff, right? And when there's noise and there's energy in the building, it's just a good feeling when you do something. And, and it, you, know, when, you know, when the crowd's into it, it, it takes you to different little levels uh, at certain times of the game. It was Marlins manager Don Mattingly after the Marlins' victory over the Mariners last night. We'll be right back. Let's take a quick commercial break. 
Back with you on Marlins Rewind this morning as we get set for the last of three this weekend between the Marlins and the Mariners at 140. Coming up shortly this afternoon, Jesus Lazardo versus Robbie Ray last night. Lazardo gets the best of Ray. The starting staff has been terrific for Miami. The pitching in general has been sensational, and that is in large part why the Marlins are where they are at 12-8, and eight, nipping on the heels of the Mets in the National League East. Although, you don't really have to look at that now. There's a long way to go, 20 down, 142 to go. The Marlins have just got to focus on playing good baseball. That's what they'll look to do this afternoon at 140 when Logan Gilbert goes opposite of Sandy Alcantara. Terrific opportunity opportunity for Miami to sweep another series. 141st pitch, 110 airtime with Marlins on deck. And as always, we hope you find some time to join us on the Marlins Radio Network, driven by AutoNation.